What is up my fellow Andronauts? In this video, I'm gonna show you exactly why your cortisol might be elevated. And then at the end of the video, I'm gonna show you how to test for cortisol correctly so you don't get a false reading and start taking supplements because you might have either too low or too high cortisol, right? You wanna make sure that you check it correctly to make sure you're addressing the problem correctly as well. So there are eight main reasons why cortisol is elevated. And then if, like these are just basically categories and there are many other things that fall under these categories, right? So if you think about like, what about this? See if it fits under one of these categories so you can address them specifically to help bring your cortisol back into range or where it should be so that you can feel awesome. And then on the other side, high cortisol is not due to an adaptogen deficiency, all right? Other reasons why it's elevated, and I'm going to show you exactly why. Before we dive in, if you haven't already, be sure to get an ebook on how to maximize your testosterone naturally. Also, if you would like to do coaching with me, links are in the description below. Let's dive in. All right, let's just get the most obvious one out of the way. It is stress. If you don't manage your stress, your cortisol will be dysregulated. So just manage your stress however you want to do it. Massages, laughter therapy, listening to music. There are so many things that you can do to manage your stress, right? Stress. That's why some people have high cortisol and eventually chronic stress leads to hormonal dysregulation. So fix stress. Number two, nutritional deficiencies. If you have some form of a nutritional deficiency, it can lead to elevated cortisol, cortisol insensitivity, or just a dysregulation of the whole system. Right, so number one, these are just the things that have been studied actually. Selenium, zinc, magnesium, calcium, vitamin B6, vitamin A, and NAD. These are just a few of the vitamins and minerals that has actually been studied in the context of cortisol. So I do think that every vitamin and mineral are involved in regulating your hormones, including cortisol. So in this photo, for example, you will see if there's not enough selenium, you will have elevated CRH that stimulates the pituitary gland that will release ACTH that stimulates the adrenal glands to release cortisol. So this is just one example. And then you have high cortisol, but there's no good negative feedback loop. Right? So cortisol is supposed to signal the hypothalamus to reduce CRH. But if you don't have enough selenium, there's that insensitivity. So you have elevated cortisol. And then also, for example, magnesium. If you're stressed, your, your cortisol is pulling the magnesium out of the cell into the blood to help combat the stress. But then chronically, you will excrete all of your magnesium and that will lead to high cortisol and problems like that, right? So you want to make sure you eat a diet that contains all of the vitamins and minerals. And then if you are stressed, maybe you can take additional supplements like magnesium, aspirin, or adaptogens that will help to buffer the stress that will have a vitamin and mineral sparing effect. So this is number two. If you're looking for a diet to maximize your nutrient intake and also testosterone and other hormones, be sure to get the test launch course. Link will be in the description below. Number three is inflammation. Cortisol in the short term is released to combat inflammation. Now in the long run, there's actually information to show that cortisol promotes inflammation. So if you have low-grade chronic inflammation, you will have low-grade chronic elevated cortisol as well. So you have to identify where that inflammation is coming from for you. And very often it's gut issues and some form of leaky gut, endotoxin absorption, hyperstimulation of the immune system. Even if you don't have symptoms, you can still have gut issues. And the test that I would recommend is an organic acid test that will look to see if you have some form of a bacterial or fungal overgrowth and have leaky gut. So organic acid test is just a great test for overall look. To look at like gut issues, neurotransmitters, nutritional deficiencies, and so on. Um, uh, talking about nutritional deficiencies, that could also lead to other inflammation because things like zinc, selenium, magnesium, manganese, and so on, 
they help to uh, detox or deactivate reactive oxygen species. And so if you have a deficiency, that can lead to elevated inflammation as well. Deep apnea, environmental toxins, obesity, diabetes, and so on. So all of these things can contribute to inflammation that's keeping your cortisol elevated. Number four is blood sugar dysregulation. So in this study, this graph is from a study uh, looking at normal individuals and then people with diabetes and that obviously have blood sugar dysregulation. So you can see cortisol is elevated and then testosterone is lower in these people. And so make sure that you eat a diet, aka testosterone scores, <laughs> that will show you a diet to, to optimize your blood sugar regulation. Number five is poor posture. So if you're upright and have good energy, this is a good way to increase your testosterone, lower your cortisol. So if you're looking, if you're just hunched forward and like in this state, suppressing your lungs and so on, this will lead to elevated cortisol and lower levels of testosterone. So always be sure to be more upright. A good cue for this is to think of your head like a bob in the water, like something that's floating, right? Like something is pulling your head up. So pulls your head up, pulls your whole body up and you get proper posture that way. Number six is your indoors too much. So forest bathing is actually a good way to lower your cortisol. Get outside, get sunlight, earthing, get into the forest. Uh, just get out of that indoor situation, go outside, and that's great for lowering your cortisol as well. Number six is low thyroid hormone. So in this study, they found that serum cortisol levels among individuals with a TSH over two is significantly higher than those with uh, TSH under two. Right? So there seems to be a correlation between TSH and cortisol. Higher TSH, higher cortisol. Improve your thyroid function and your cortisol will go down. The way you improve your thyroid function is just to eat a diet that gives you enough vitamins and minerals, improve gut health. Those are basically two main things that we're doing. And there's obviously a lot of other uh, smaller nuanced things that each individual can have. So you have to figure out like which one is holding you back. If you would like me to help you, book coaching below. Number eight is dim light exposure. And this is basically working indoors. You're just inside dim lights. You're not outside. You're not getting bright light. So in this study, they had the exposed subjects to bright light at 10,000 lux. And then another group to dumb light approximately three lux, which is equivalent to candlelight during the biological uh, night and morning. And what they found, so the open circles here is the cortisol from the bright light group and the dark circles are uh, the group, the placebo group to dumb light. So bright light helps to lower cortisol. Now, very interestingly, they have found that when you're sleep deprived the next day, your cortisol is not that high. It's actually slightly reduced. And this contributes to that fatiguing effect. And bright light exposure actually normalizes, specifically the blue spectrum. So this is why it's important to get early day more uh, sunlight because that's rich in blue light, richer in blue light than later day sunlight. Um, so get that sunlight and that can normalize your cortisol. So if you go outside and get that sunlight exposure, it can have a nice energizing effect by kind of like resetting your hormones. Sunlight is fantastic for hormones, testosterone, energy, bunch of stuff. All right, and in terms of proper testing, what you wanna look at, you don't only wanna look at your serum cortisol, although that is valuable because it shows you how much cortisol your adrenal glands are making, but then you also wanna look at salivary cortisol. So you do a four-point cortisol test, and then you can also do a Dutch uh, plus test. So the Dutch will look at the uh, complete metabolism of your androgens and adrenal hormones in the urine. And then the salivary test will look at the free hormones, the bioavailable cortisol. 
So you might have high cortisol, but the bioavailable cortisol is low because you have elevated levels of, for example, cortisol binding globulin. It's binding to all of the cortisol, so it's not bioavailable. Right, so you can see the cortisone and cortisol pattern here. This is basically the four-point cortisol test. And you can see your cortisone sky high, but the conversion to cortisol is not that high. This is just one example. But this is really good to see like how much cortisone you have, how much cortisol you have. And then in terms of the Dutch test, like how much are you metabolizing via 5-alpha and 5-beta reductase, how much you're urinating out. It's, it's a little bit more intric intricate than just measuring your serum cortisol because that is just a snapshot. You might be stressed because they're pricking you and like inserting a needle into your vein and that could temporarily spike your cortisol, right? So ideally you want to do a serum cortisol to see like how much you're making and then you want to look at a salivary and then lastly you want to look at a urinary Dutch uh, plus test as well. All right, there you have it. I hope it was helpful. Eight reasons why your cortisol might be elevated if you address these things, lower your inflammation, prevent obesity, improve uh, blood sugar stabilization, get eat a diet that provides all the vitamins and minerals, get outside, you know, do the basic stuff that will ensure that your cortisol is in a healthy spot. And there's obviously always a place for adaptogens. I really like aspirin, for example. Aspirin and taurine would just be my go-to and magnesium. And they also need B vitamins because stress enhances the requirements for B vitamins. So again, it just basically comes down to the diet to ensure that you eat all of these nutrient-dense foods to make sure that you can become more stress resilient in the first place. Because stress can also be just your perspective on whatever is happening. So if you perceive something to be extremely stressful, your cortisol will be higher than someone that's not perceiving it to be as stressful. And diet can help to shift your perspective by making you more stress resilient. All right, guys, I hope you found this video helpful and I will check you in the next one. Cheers, guys.